0: Hey there, Fat Guy Forum fans. A huge Happy New Year as we enter 2022, and I'm excited that you're still listening to the show. If you'd like to support us, you can do a couple of things. First, if you're an Apple user or you use Spotify, you can rate and review the podcast there to get us in front of more people. Also, you can use the support links in the show notes to purchase products, get a discount for yourself, generate some income for the show, or you can join the Patreon. Patreon. And there's some cool stuff coming with the Patreon I will be announcing very soon. I know I've said it before, but this time it's really happening. So I'm just excited for all that's to come in this year. Thank you so much for being a part of this adventure. And on to the show. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gormy, and I am glad to have you with us once again as I sit down virtually with yet another awesome dude. With me today, I have Roger Villalobos. Roger, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me. Definitely, definitely. I'm excited for people to hear your story and get to talk with you about everything that you've been through and what you're doing now, man. So let's get to it. Tell us, what qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum?
1: Oh, man. Well, I mean, to start off, you know, my heaviest, I was 450-ish. I say ish because once you get that big, you know, jumping on the scale is not fun. Um, So that's just a rough estimate. And then, basically, you know, ever since I was a kid, you know, I was a kind of a chubby kid. Um, but now that I've been kind of doing some self development, I believe, you know, around the time that my dad passed when I was a kid, and that was at age nine. Um, that's kind of when my unhealthy relationship with food started. Um, just because, you know, having a death that big in the family is hard enough, but then like everyone's just like bringing food over and they don't want you to cook. They don't want you to to worry about, you know, eating or whatever. And then I think that's when I just kind of, as a kid, unknowingly triggered me to think of food as comfort. And so then from then on, you know, I always kind of struggled. Um, luckily I was a pretty active kid, you know, I always played sports in elementary and then middle school, high school, uh, played football and basketball and stuff like that. So I was a big guy, but, um, athletic, you know, and then, um, after I graduated, um, went to college and I guess, you know, not playing sports anymore, the activity level went down, but the eating was still there. Um, so, you know, we'd go out and especially when you're going out drinking and stuff with your buddies, you know, your inhibitions are down. So you're eating more, eating the bad stuff, you know, late at 2 AM. And, uh, that's when I got to around. 300-ish pounds, around age 21, and that's when I lost about, you know, 120 pounds, got down to about 200, and then shortly thereafter, just went back up, um, got married, and uh, had some beautiful kids, and uh, that was when I hit my heaviest, which was around, I guess, 2018, and that was around 450, and um, for me, a big part of it was, like, never dealing with my dad's death um having kids of my own it just opened the floodgates you know and then being married and stressed you know you eat more you got kids and stuff and then uh i was able to lose another you know 230 pounds went back down to about 220 and then shot back up again and that's where i'm at in my journey now which was this past year you know i lost another you know 100 ish pounds um got to my lowest which was 192 and right now I'm sitting at about 260 I had another bit of a binge and uh just trying to heal that relationship you know and uh continue living a life of health you know for my kids and stuff like that and that's where Mm -hmm. I'm at which
0: I think a lot of your story one obviously you know if 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 you've looked at my experiences I definitely relate to that roller coaster of, of losing and gaining and I think a lot of people listening can. And so I I think part of what comes up for me is, what do you think, because obviously you started to talk about kind of working on past trauma and your issues with food. What do you think had the biggest impact on why losing weight and keeping it off was something that was challenging to you in the past?
1: Um, I think in the past... um... You know, I thought when I got to like, when I was a kid, you know, in 21 um, and I lost the weight, I thought like, okay, once I get the weight, like I'm done. Once I get to my goal weight and I'm sure as you know, like, no, that's like really when the work starts, honestly, you know, um, I'm a professional at losing weight and I'm a professional at gaining weight. It's the maintaining that's really hard. And then from there, you know, I got married um, I was in a bad marriage, man, like, to be honest, it was toxic, and I stayed in it for my kids, and I just wanted to have a complete home, and, uh, you know, for me, whenever, instead of arguing, you know, like, I just eat, you know, I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna go get a burger or whatever, you know, and, um, then I finally, like, just got tired of it, because living at 450, man, that's hard, like, over 400, that's hard, I know you were over 500 yourself, um, but yeah, man, that's hard like and then once you' it's it's kind of you can play it off when your kids are babies because you know they just eat sleep and poop all day, and then once they get active you know and they're running around, they want to go to the park and you're like, man, I can barely walk you to the park you know that's not cool so that's when I wanted to lose weight a lot the last time and then um, i I'd also thought like it would kind of help my marriage because that was a big part of it from what I had thought. Um, and then after I got to that weight and I, and nothing got better, I was kind of like, man, like, well, what's the point, man? Like, I'm going to get a burger then, you know? So, uh, so then I kind of bloomed up and then this past time I was like, you know what, man, like I just need to do it for myself, do it for my kids. And, uh, you know, I'm 34 now. And, uh, I was like, man, it's not going to get any easier at this point. So I just kind of started, uh. Back on it. And that was when I, unfortunately, when I got divorced, I, uh, I had to move out and stuff. And that's when I started 75 hard. And that's really been a game changer for me, in my opinion.
0: No, for sure. And I want to get into that. But I do want to talk about the the regain experience a little bit. Because as as someone who's been through it, you know, I think there's there's some stuff there that people listening can benefit from hearing. Because I, and I, I've said this to other guys before I've talked to who have been through similar experiences. You know, the person, the average person at home listening who has never had a problem with weight or a challenge with food hears you going, you know, from 450 plus to 220 and they think, he got everything. You know, he he has the prize. You know, he was, he, he took home the trophy. He did everything that he needed to do, you know. And then to hear you talk about, you know, we, a lot of times we, we put a lot of value on, you know, changing our health, changing our weight, being the thing that's going to fix a lot of other things that have nothing to do with that, and it's hard to put all of that in context, and so to get to that point and put the weight back on is is a common, you know, a more common experience than I think we talk about sometimes, but what I'm really curious about, if, if you can bring us into this, is what it was like when you were putting the weight back on, and you saw that hard work that you had done going away, were you really conscious of it? Or at that point, was it more like you were on that oddly, you know, for me, I've described it at times as being like on an out of control roller coaster where you could see every so often how dangerous it was, but I was just kind of in the thick of it. You know, what? where was your head at during that time? Um, I would say in the beginning, you know, when you, when
1: you, when you break that, that, uh, what is it? When you break that consistency of eating clean, um, it's, it's a good mental relief to be like, okay, like I don't have to track or like I can let my guard down and like have a cookie. Cause I can tell you, I remember exactly, at least the last time, well, the past two times, I can tell you exactly when it happened. Like when I was, I guess 20, when I had lost the weight coming into 2019. And then went back up. Um, it was my son's birthday. I was already past my goal weight. And like I stuck to my diet the whole day. And then that evening there was extra cupcakes at home. And like I was like, I'm going to have a cupcake. Like whatever. And then I remember that night. Like I finished the cupcakes. Like whatever six or eight that were there. And that's that's what what I'm saying when I realized like I have a food addiction. Because once I get that processed sugar in my system, like I – Especially the last time, and the last time, I mean, like, this past, like, December, January, I I was eating unhealthy, and I was binging, and I knew I was binging, but I couldn't stop myself from binging.
0: Well, it's like a—and again, it's hard for people that haven't been in that place to understand, but it's like you make that first decision, you know, like you said, that first cupcake— And it's almost then like you lit a fire or the fuse on a bomb. And, you know, once that fire starts raging, you know, it's almost like it's like rolling downhill out of control. Like, and you're, it's not that you're, you're, you shut down and you go into a coma mentally or anything along those lines. But you just, you're back in that place where all of a sudden, like you said, like, I I completely agree. Like, I think a lot of times what comes into play with regain is diet exhaustion, you know, you've been working for so hard, you've been working for so long, you've made all these changes, but when you let that guard down a little bit, it's like you then have that moment of, you know, this is, so, this, this, and and we know in the end it's not easier, but it feels easier. You know, it feels better. Like you're lighting up all those, 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 those circuit boards in your head again. And next thing you know, it's, it's full steam ahead. Yeah, Exactly. And so when you, 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 talked about what, so when you've, when you've had made these, made these experiences losing weight, were there a specific diets you were following? Was it portion control? Like before you get to kind of what you have done the last time, like, was there things that you were trying or was it, you know, w- what were you doing? Um,
1: so I've always done portion control, um, I mean, I guess you can say like when I started my diet, um, quote unquote, it was somewhere in shoot, man, I would say middle school, probably. And my mom um, asked me if I wanted to go over to Weight Watchers. So those philosophies always kind of stuck with me, like, hey, you can have, you know, a taco, but it's going to cost you 10 points, you know, or whatever. So now that's transitioned into like macros for me. Um, and I know like you do keto yourself, and me personally, like my body doesn't do good on fat. It typically upsets my stomach. So, like, that's why we always say, like, the right diet is the right diet that's for you, you know, the right, the right eating style. And for me, it's typically higher carb, high protein, and uh, minimal fat.
0: And where did, you know, you mentioned 75 Hard, and I've had a couple people on the show that have have used that tool. Uh, When did that come into play for you? When did you discover it, and when did you first decide to do it? Um, I discovered it probably
1: early 2020, um, because I have a small landscaping company here in Texas. So I was listening to Entrepreneurship Podcasts. And through that, that's how I found Andy Frasella and his podcast. And then that's that's how I found 75 Hard um, beginning of 2020. And then I actually started it in the end of August in 2020. And I did the full program, which is the Live Hard program. So it has 75 Hard, Phase 1, Phase 2, Phase 3.
0: And what was that experience like for you? Because I know having had guests on the show... uh, Terry, who I had on recently, we, we did a good dive into what 75 hard is, but one of the big things that came out of that discussion was not just the actual challenging pieces of it, but how overall it really is a mental toughness challenge. So what was the experience like for you?
1: Um, I mean, I loved it. Um, so I actually did like 250 days straight, um, that from that year. And I loved it because I had to, so like, I don't know about you, but when I'm binging, I typically isolate myself. So like it helped me that no matter what I had to go outside. And that just kind of helps with like that anxiety, depression. And, uh, especially when you get isolated, when you're binging and stuff like that. So I loved it. And I love the, the confidence boost it gives you, you know, when you're doing workouts and it's raining outside. And then it makes you believe in yourself. And really the premise of the program is to make you trust yourself again. Because you have to keep the promises that you make to yourself to be happy. And it teaches you how to trust yourself. Like, am I really going to start this diet Monday or am I just going to say I'm going to start it Monday and then we've been 20 Mondays from now and I've gained another 50 pounds.
0: And what... Because I think that makes sense. That idea of keeping those promises to yourself and seeing yourself accomplish those things is a huge driving force. Like you said, when you're when you're doing those workouts in less than ideal situations outside, and you actually get it done, you know, it, each one of those is like a small victory that propels you on further. And exactly, knowing that you went through that experience, you know, and and came through that, and and you said. Was it at the end of, of that program that you hit your lowest weight ever, or or where did that come into play? Um, that came into play, so I finished that program August of
1: 2021, and then the lowest weight I, I got was in December, which was 192, and that's because I was just um, in like a transformation challenge, and I was really pushing it towards mm-hmm.
0: the end. And in, in one of the things so that you through said, the course of the okay. program, I lost over 100. Yeah, which is, uh, no, I was just
1: saying, through the course of the, the year was
0: over 100 pounds. Mm-hmm. And coming through that year and coming through the, the next challenge, getting you to your lowest weight, and then falling, you know, kind of then falling back into old behavior. What was that like for you on the mental side to see that happening? I think it's just frustrating, if anything, because you're like,
1: uh, It's like you're trying to hold sand, you know, like you're trying to hold on to it. And the more you shift, the more it slips through your hands, you know, and you're just seeing all your work slip through your hands. But I mean, that's why I really love 75 hard personally, because when I was slipping and then I'm probably what I'm almost like 15 days in right now, I'm currently on program and I was like, okay, like I cannot get my, my stuff together. So I'm starting 75 hard today and like I just started it and ever since then like after about day 4 I was back in back on the rails as I know you like to say like I was back on the rails after day 4
0: which is which is powerful cuz it's it's you know on to some extent it can be scary when you're off track and you're seeing whether you're getting on the scale or not you know the scale's going up you know you know that's happening yeah and so back on track now, you know, kind of feeling in a, in a good place, what do you really think, you know, up to this point, like looking at, you know, you, like you said, you started your experience with dieting in middle school. You know, I, I can relate to that a lot, uh, you know, especially the Weight Watcher side of it. What do you think are the lessons you have to apply now to keep yourself on track going forward into the future, like for, through everything you've been through? Um,
1: I think the main thing is just keeping the routine and not letting myself slip. Um, cause it's, it's just something about that routine. Like no matter what, if you keep in it, even on vacation or whatever, like I understand for some people, it's, it's kind of daunting to think of like, well, like I have to work out every day and like maybe possibly never have a cookie again, but I mean, I I kind of almost see it like an alcoholic, you know, like I I have to start living a cleaner, more rigid lifestyle in general and not see it as a diet. It's like this is my this is my lifestyle now.
0: Because that was going to be my next question. Like where you see this leading you in the future? Do you see it maintaining? Some form of that structured experience in your life. Do you think that's the best thing to help you stay on track for, you know, when you're not worried about the scale anymore?
1: I think so. Um, just because this is, this is like the only thing that I've found so far that works is just staying on task.
0: Understood. And what? Because you know, even with the 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 slip that you had recently you're still significantly lighter than you were at your heaviest you're living a different life you know what are the things that have come back into your life through your experience changing your health i think
1: being more social has come back into my life like before when you're big like everything's an inconvenience or you're tired or you don't you don't want to worry about it or get embarrassed so i think the social aspect of it is great and then as well as like i feel it's made me a better dad because now i can tell my kids like you know expect greatness from them how can i expect you know my kids to do great things and i'm kind of being a slouch on the couch you know
0: in terms of physically how you move through the world now what is what is that like for you physically well even like, like you were my you were, like ability. you were talking about like at 450 pounds the idea of, of bringing your kids to the park seemed just bringing them there seemed daunting. you know I, kn- I know when you're 450 pounds, the experience of even finding good clothes like all of those things you know are, are pieces that take up time in your take up time and space in your head. and being in the neighborhood of 200 pounds down from there even right now, I know that the way your body moves through space is different. What is what is that like for you? Um, I mean, it's still
1: pretty weird, honestly. You know, especially like with the whole body dysmorphia, like, I'll still pick up shirts and be like, this shirt's way too small. And then I'm like, oh, okay. Or I'm not going to make it through those two chairs, you know, at a restaurant and you make it with space on both sides you know stuff like that is incredible really um and especially like having little kids like uh man it's it's pretty terrifying to have to go into a elementary classroom with nothing but tiny furniture everywhere man so you're walking in there you're like man everything's tiny you feel like a giant you know it's different when it's your kids but then you have all these other little kids and they'll they'll you know they stare at you and stuff like that when you're that big and, you know, kids have no filter, which, I mean, if they're telling the truth, it's the truth. And um, so so that's another thing, like just being able to go to the school and run around with my kids and do stuff like that is worth it in the long run. Worth any cookie, donut, whatever, you know, being able to do stuff like that is means a lot to me, especially, like I said, with my dad passing when I was a kid.
0: And I think all these discoveries, you know, I, I think there's even more to come for you, man. Like, let's let's look at the timeline, you know, for the changes you've made, you know, with your loss and regain and loss, you know, and where you're at now. It hasn't been over 20 years, you know, like a 20-year span. It's been it's been relative. It's it's been happening over a relatively short period of time, just in the matter of a few years. So, it's making those adjustments to what life was like and what life is like take time oh yeah 100% um because
1: I that was one thing I was talking to one of my friends who supports me a lot and I was wondering you know the one thing I can say that I'm really proud of is that I've noticed I've been able to get myself back on the rails in shorter amounts of time each time so that's that I see as a positive and then As well as, like, I'm reading this really great book right now. It's called uh, The Mountain Is You. And I read a section, I believe it was yesterday, and it says that if you get too comfortable, the brain will subconsciously um, find ways to create conflict. Because the brain um, desires to be challenged. I mean, the body may not... But the brain wants to be challenged, you know, like doing a math problem and stuff like that. So if you don't give your brain something that's challenging, it's going to subconsciously figure out a way to make it challenging. And so that's why I was just saying, like, you have to continually be challenging yourself. And that's why I think things like running a 5K, running a half marathon, running a marathon, doing stuff like that, um, putting those on the books so that you have something to look forward to, to challenge yourself and stay in shape.
0: Are really important uh, checkpoints, I mm-hmm. guess. And what are the ones, what are the challenges that you have it, for yourself right now? Um, currently, I'm signing up for
1: it's called the tough ruck. I don't know if you're familiar with rucking. So it's a tough ruck. It's going to be here in San Antonio where I live. And then I'm, I'm pretty confident that I'm probably going to sign up for the for a bodybuilding show for the transformation division
0: nice well before we move past the tough ruck why don't you tell people who out there who might not have any idea what rucking is what that is
1: so rucking is essentially where you're carrying a backpack um, with weight in it that's all it really is Um, but I do have a, a rucksack from go ruck and it has a couple extra pads like on the bottom lumbar to help brace the weight so that it's not killing your lower back. Um, and it's just got a weight plate in there and it just makes walking harder. Since I don't really like to run, I, I just ruck.
0: No, oh, it's awesome. And to where... Because I, I, I just talked to someone else who's... who You know, I've talked to several people that have been doing transformation bodybuilding shows. Not just where we talk about kind of where that desire to do it comes from, but do you... When you sit inside your head and think about it, did you ever think that was something you'd even be looking at in your life? Oh, uh, no way. There's no way. I I never thought I would
1: get to, you know, a comfortable weight like that where I have muscle on me. Because um, I know the first time I lost weight, like, I just straight lost weight. I wasn't really following any kind of workout plan or anything. Um, but these past few times, like I've been pretty dedicated in the gym, you know, five, six days a week, lifting weights, doing a little bit of cardio and just trying to eat a clean, balanced
0: diet. And so what is it about doing the show that drives you like that? Even that idea, like, what do you think? What makes you want to do that? Um, I think it'll just help me conquer some fear.
1: And just to kind of be my own, it's not, cause I was kind of inspired to do it by, by Poro. And, uh, me and him talk, you know, every week. And, um, I told him, I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to do this next one. And he's like, you should. And, uh, I already kind of told my buddies that I work out with, I was like, I think I'm going to do this show next year. Cause it's a two year, you know, window. And, um, I just like it. I like it as a challenge to see how far I can push myself. Um, I'm definitely going to be a little bit looser on the calories towards the end because this last time I was pretty strict. Um, but now that I have a longer time, I can kind of slowly get to where I want to be, which is roughly 200. And... Um, yeah, I just love lifting. I mean, I love doing bodybuilding, strength type workouts, so that just fits right in there.
0: And I know one of the things that you shared with me, you know, and obviously it's connected in a lot of ways to seventy-five hard, is you know building some connections with with First Form and and what they do. And one of the things that stands out to me to all the guys that have, whether they're using products or their programs or working with them or working for them. You know, is that sense of team and community that they build and that that sense of support, how important is that kind of support to you on your journey? Um, I think it's,
1: I mean, it's life-changing in my opinion, because when you're stuck in your own head, you know, you feel ashamed, especially when, you know, you go down that path. You're like, man, I freaking messed up. And so for you to for me to tell like all of my coaches cuz I have a few coaches with First Form. Um like I have one through the app and then one of the elite athletes um he's my bodybuilding strength coach. He programs me. And like for me to be able to tell him like, "Hey, this is what happened." And for them to just you know have more of an open arms than scolding you and they just understand and you know, I would honestly say, you know, 90% of the people that work at first form have all struggled with their weight in one way or another. So like that sense of community where most people know where you're coming from, you know, and there's other people, you know, like Terry, you said, like me and him talk and like, just having similar, being able to relate to each other, like, and talk, like, I even told him earlier, like, hey, man, like, because he said he went on vacation. And I was like, hey, like, just don't mess up like I did. And he's like, Oh man, you didn't mess up. Like stuff happens. You're back on it. Like, you know, no one's, no one's as bad a critic as you are to yourself. And then to have people like that, know, like to build you up and when to push you is just life changing. Cause that's what you need. you need. Someone to push you. And you need someone to give you a hug when you need to cry. You know, it's, it's a delicate balance.
0: And that emotional side of things, you know, you, you, You've mentioned it at a couple points as we've been talking. You know, one uh, one starting to understand where your relationship with food comes from through the the death you experienced when you were very young, and the I think the challenge that happens is like the, the uh, obviously when we lose someone who's significant in our lives, like it's it's not that like we ever just move past that, but we grow and change, and our lives develop. But we can carry a lot of, of, of pieces from those experiences, especially in those forms, you know, when it's someone who that they turn to food for comfort and food becomes that comfort, not just in situations related to that emotion of loss, but to almost every emotion. So for you, what do you think are the things that, that you're working on now on that mental side when it comes to your relationship with food? Like what helps you keep that desire to use food for comfort in check? Really, my I think the biggest thing that
1: I can say is just trying to work on myself and deal with emotions rather than um burying them down because now, like, if I bury them down, eventually I get so stressed to where then a bit an episode will happen. So, like, dealing with emotion, dealing with stress. I mean, granted, this when I did get um this last episode, like, the way it started is I got the flu, I got the flu so I couldn't work out, so I was stuck at home, so I've noticed, like, if I don't, if I'm not able to go to the gym, it doesn't allow me to release that stress, and then that's where it's like, well, I can't go to the gym anyways, so I'm gonna eat a cookie, and then you don't care if you feel like crap, because it's not like you're gonna go work out anyways, so it's just learning to deal with emotion, learning to deal with stress head-on, and uh, just heal some past trauma so that I can keep moving forward
0: and Growing, really. And what is your, you know, when you're working on all of that and thinking about, you know, the habits you're, you're building now, what is your advice to someone out there who's listening and they're hearing themselves in your story? Like, they're in that place, you know, of turning to food to deal with stress, turning to food for comfort.
1: Um, I mean, I think the number one thing is reach out for help. You know, I know it's a a dark and lonely space when you're in that low and you feel like no one's going to understand or they're just going to be mad at you or they're going to be ashamed of you. And really, I would say 99% of people are going to be happy that you reached out to them. Like, they're going to be honored. And then, you know, speaking it out and being truthful about it kind of helps it internalize, if you know what I mean. It's like you can admit that it's happening to someone else. You're kind of admitting it to yourself as well. And then besides that, just try and deal with all your emotions. You know, I've found that I've always been the kind of person that's like, ah, oh, I'm just going to brush it off. And then eventually all that stuff starts to bubble up and really bother you because you never dealt with it. And your body and mind are going to find other ways to deal with it, whether it's getting weight or getting sick, you know everyone's got their different way. Some people physically get ill, you know,
0: you never know. I, I think you, you hit on something there with that, you know, having to, to get it out of your own head. You know, I think like one of the things you talked about earlier, you know, was saying when you were binging, it's private, you know, it's, it's not something that you're putting on display or, you know, sharing with someone else in that moment. And I think that, reinforces, you know, that behavior continuing when you keep all of those emotions and challenges you're dealing with and all of that inside yourself. It's, you know, it it can almost not be real, you know, the challenges you're facing because they're just inside your head. So you cope with them as you can, but you're not really processing and working your way through them. Yeah, I agree. So Roger, looking at where you're at now, and, and like you said, you're day 15, and feeling on track, you know what are what are the things now in life that bring you joy and bring you comfort? Um, I mean,
1: accomplishing hard things give me a lot of joy. You know, hitting PRs in the gym, um, being able to spend time with my kids. Um, like I had told you earlier, my kids just started baseball and. To be able to run around with them and throw the ball and be, you know, having a longer battery than them, that's a that's a good feeling, you know. And uh, to be able to run around with your kids, and that's for me as a dad. That's that's what it's all about, you know. I want I want to raise good humans in this world, and I need to do my best to set a good example, and that's what really propels me forward and brings me joy, and just seeing the changes, you know, I've made, and I never thought I'd be in this situation, I thought I would be in the, unfortunately, in, like, a, a toxic marriage for a long, forever, and now that I'm out, and I'm doing doing good for myself, and my business is doing well, and my kids are doing well, and I'm still, like you said, 200 mountains down from my heaviest, like, everything's on the up and up, when you think about it.
0: No, you, you certainly are, man. And Roger, are there—is there anything about your journey that we haven't gotten to talk about yet today that you want to make sure the people listening hear?
1: No, I think we covered everything. Hmm.
0: No, I, I, I think I appreciate your openness and your willingness to talk about everything that you've been through. I think its it's going to be a good thing for people listening to hear. And if they hear it and they want to learn more or talk to you or just follow along with what you're doing, where can they find you? Yeah, um, they can find me on Instagram.
1: Um, My uh, tag is Lobo, L-O-B as in boy, O, dot T-X-1 and um, shoot me a DM. Um, As well as Terry, I'm coaching with First Form now, so I don't get paid a dime. It's just, I want to help bring as many people along and help, because this is a different niche. You know what I mean? It's not just, I need to drop 20 pounds for a wedding. It's, this is a specific niche that I feel I can truly relate to a lot of people on. And uh, if you're uncomfortable reaching out to, you know, some other people, maybe you're comfortable reaching out to me. And uh, if you want to be on my team, that's cool. And uh, as you all heard, you know, I try and give 100%, and that's what I ask my team. And uh, we're just trying to
0: make our lives as good as possible. What is that like for you personally to be able to help other people? Because I don't think that's something we really talk too much about. You know, I'd, li- I'd love to hear your perspective um, on that. I love it.
1: I mean, especially when when you're in those, lo- when you start to get that dip, it always helps to push you, you know, because you're, you're leading other people and I want to break that barrier of, you know, obesity And uh, like I've told a few other people too, like I truly feel obesity and food addictions a generational curse in my family. Um, As far back as I can remember, everyone was overweight or severely overweight. And uh, so it's not something that I've dealt with alone or not the only one in my family that's that way, but a lot of us deal with it. So I just want to show not only for everyone else, but for my own family as well, like We can get healthy, you know, and, you know, so we won't focus our social events around food, but it doesn't mean we can't have fun.
0: For sure, man. That sounds awesome. And I will make sure that I put a link to your profile in the show notes for this episode so people can find you. Roger, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me today and share your experiences with everyone out there. I end every episode with five questions I call the Fat Guy Five. Are you ready for your run through those questions? Yes, sir. Okay, so question number one, living or dead, Roger, who is your favorite fat guy? Gabriel Iglesias. There we go. He was, I, <laughs> one of his reels popped up on my Instagram feed today, and I was cracking up, so that's funny you bring him up. I love him. He always cracks me up. He's a, he's a funny dude. Question number two, Roger, what is one lesson that being a fat guy has taught you?
1: Um, it's taught me a lot of, about compassion for others.
0: Mm. I like it. Question number three, Roger. If there's someone out there listening who wants to get their journey started today, what is one thing that they can do right now? Go for a walk. Plain and simple. I like it. Question number four, Roger. What is one thing about yourself that you love? I love my persistence. Definitely important quality to have, man. And question number five, your last question of the day. Tell us, Roger, what is one goal you have for the next year that is not health, fitness, or weight loss related? Hmm.
1: Goal for the year. I guess goal for the year is to try and get each of
0: my kids to score in baseball because they just started. There you go. I like it. That'll be a good good one to see happen, man. So, Roger, one more time, let me just say thank you for taking the time for sharing your experiences with the audience and with me. I appreciate it. Definitely. I
1: appreciate it, man.
0: Definitely, definitely. Thank you so much. Like I said, everyone, Roger's information will be in the show notes today. My information is down there, too. You can always connect with me on Instagram as well, like Keto. On Twitter, at Kormi goes Keto. You can email the show at the Fat Guy Forum at gmail.com. And that's, that's the details, people. After that, you do all that connecting, you do all that DMing and chatting. Remember to do something today to amaze yourself because you, my friends, are the most amazing people I know. Then come back and catch us on the next episode of the Fat Guy Forum.